Hello, and welcome to Mike, DJ, and Doc, the show that plants seeds for cultivating new culture. Welcome back to part two, Self-Defense Against Being Hurt, where we are continuing with our special guest, Bishop Stephen Evans. Now, if you listen to part one, you caught a lot of information that we were putting out there about uh, protecting yourselves, the systems you grew up in, the different ways to build your self-esteem. But now we want to go a little more in depth of knowing the reason why you need to protect yourself against being hurt. Or for that, for any matter, anything, uh, emotionally or spiritually. But you need to know how valuable you are. And you need to know it yourself how valuable you are. So I came across another article from a book I read uh a little while ago, and I don't know if you guys know, but I'm a big fan of Audible, and I do Audible books on the way to work every morning. I pop in a book to help me uh, get prepared for the day. Mm -hmm. And the one I came across a little while ago was Becoming Bulletproof, and that one is by Evie Pomperis, who's an ex-Secret Service agent who served on details with uh, former presidents such as Barack Obama, First Lady, uh, Michelle Obama, far as back as President George W. Bush, even George H.W. Bush, and uh, Bill Clinton, and Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. And she was part of their detail to protect them from different things that was going on in society, you know, what we know about Secret Service agents. Just to give you a brief background on her is... She served 12 years with the agency, including the presidential detail. And she was actually doing the 911 when the towers collapsed. She was in one of the buildings when it collapsed. She survived by being on a lower level that it didn't totally crush her, but she survived it. Mm. And in this portion of her book, she was explaining about the different things that the first ladies, what they represent, she used like a couple of words to describe what they were meant to her. And just for example, like she mentioned uh, Barbara Bush as grace. Mm -hmm. She mentioned like Hillary Clinton as resilient. But she said when it came to first former first lady Michelle Obama, that the two words that she could come up with her was self-worth. <laughs> Self-worth. First Lady Michelle Obama knew her self-worth. Now, one of the quotes in that quote from her book is, I remember feeling outraged. After all, it was part of my job to protect the first family mentally as well as physically. But if the First Lady saw a sign, she gave no indication of it. And what she was saying in, in the book is how different other politicians of power kept referring to her as ape lady mm -hmm. or monkey lady, <laughs> calling her names and different things like that. And how when they went to different events, they had these signs up. And she felt that, guess what? Out of all the first ladies that ever came through here, yes. none of them had to face racism. Mm -hmm. She's the first and only first lady to ever face that in this country. And she goes on to explain that 
self-worth. And see, that's what we're talking about today, self-worth. You got to know your self-worth. Because if you don't know that you're worth defending, guess what? Anybody will take advantage of you and maybe walk over you. True. And you may find yourself, like I said, always on the back end of life. And it's not necessarily that way that you need to go forward in. It's definitely hope out there. So, I mean, at this point, uh, panel, what I mean, what do y'all think that we can offer on this podcast to help, again, people increase their belief in themselves? You just said several times, Mike, the key word is self. Mm-hmm. You said it over and over again, self-worth, self-worth, self-worth. The, the 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 primary foundation of that is self. So you have to believe in spite of anything else, in spite of any other outside influences, like with uh, former first lady Michelle Obama. Uh, she had to deal with that because she was the first. Mm-hmm. She was the first. And what she had to deal with is no surprise to anybody on this panel. It is not a surprise to us. When your skin is perceived as a weapon, you are never considered unarmed. And so we are always vulnerable to attack, whether it be verbal, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, whatever. But because we know that, the only thing that can change that is my view of myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it, a lot of it has to do with certainly family dynamics. You have to begin from an early age uh, inputting self-worth and value into young people mm-hmm. from a young age, I think. Uh, back in the day, it they used to say that it, it took a village. Back when I was growing up, everybody in the neighborhood played a part in helping to raise children of that neighborhood. Everybody uh, had a vested interest in uh, the children growing up to be good people and, and doing well and all those things. That, that has kind of gone by the wayside now. But it is incumbent upon us as as men, certainly as fathers, perhaps grandfathers uh, and great grandfathers in my own case, to begin to instill in young people that we encounter, especially young people. I'm talking about preteen and teen. That, uh, in fact, I've got a young lady in my church now. We've been dealing with her self esteem issues, and I just told her last Sunday that your view of yourself mm-hmm. is about to skyrocket. Mm. And she said, well, you're absolutely right. She had low self-esteem, but she can tell now that she's a freshman in high school that her view of herself is beginning to change. That's where it starts. Mm-hmm. We we just kind of, you know, put it out there for them. Mm-hmm. But they are the ones who have to determine within themselves, mm-hmm. man, I'm worth more than what they've been telling me I'm worth. There you go. I'm more valuable than what they've been telling me I am. Mm-hmm. And so... They come to realize that my worth is not determined by outside influence. Mm-hmm. It's determined internally, and we need to instill that in them. Exactly, exactly. Like you, just like you, you uh, talk to the young lady, especially our young men. Mm-hmm. Especially our young men. I mean, we, we need to let them know that they're valuable, that they bring something to the table, that they are worth. Uh, what they bring to the table because the thing about it is when they don't know 
and then someone else comes into the picture, they usually try to lead them in another way. They'll tell, right. they'll tell them they believe in them, and they'll drag them right out there into the street. Sure. And they'll let them, we're a family out here. But if he does, if he hasn't been receiving that before that point, he, he'll probably buy into Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he'll probably be loyal to that. I was. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, you'd be loyal to that because you'd be like, nobody cared about me but them. Even though they're telling you to go out there and do something that you know will end up taking you away from your your current family, taking you from your neighborhood, sending you to prison or, mm-hmm. or death or getting shot down, right. they'll be loyal to that because that person doesn't believe in them. And, and, and then already, I want to say, pump their head up to say, guess what? Yeah, you valuable. You very valuable to us right nobody else right you know and and we this that's that's an everyday battle right there that's everyday battle i mean it's a lot of organizations out here that are doing good things like that and definitely we need more but we also need like you said the collaboration of them organizations as well as the families mm-hmm. need more families involvement i, I agree 100 percent Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The question was asked of First Lady Michelle Obama uh, to speak on about her experience of racism. And she was asked about which falling glass shards hurt the most while breaking the glass ceiling to become the first black first lady during an event for Women's Foundation of Colorado in 2017. And she said, the shards that cut me deepest were the ones that intended to cut. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, with that being said, I mean, if the ones that cut deepest were intended, well, everyone thought that it was intended to cut. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yes, sir. But yet, yes, sir. she often used the the quote, when they go low, mm-hmm. we go high. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. When you look back on a little bit of her history of her life when she grew up in the south side of Chicago and her parents and everything, if uh, anybody ever uh, listened to her audio book, I did, Becoming Michelle Obama, mm-hmm. it talks about how that household was all about installing value in there them. There it is kids. right there. Mm-hmm. It was all about that. From day one, her mother was believing in and letting her know, you this, you're that. Her father, how he worked for the city, for the water department, yes. for all those years till he became too sick to work. But yet, they had a sense of pride within their family that pushed her and propelled her. Mm-hmm. Now, 
we can look back now and say that all of those different experiences that she went through at that age, all the way up to high school and into Harvard College and all these different things that she accomplished, mm -hmm. prepared her for the moment when she would be in there to face those kind of conflicts. 100% agree. I agree 100%. And, and again, there's a terminology that a lot of people are familiar with now. Michelle and, and countless thousands of others of us have gotten to the point where we're saying, no matter what you say, no matter what you try to do, you are not going to pull me off my square hmm. because I know who I am. Mm -hmm. Not only do I know who I am, but I know whose I am. Uh -huh. And we have gotten to the point where I'm not going to continue to beg for what God has already given me freely. Mm -hmm. Self-worth, self-value. Dignity. Mm -hmm. I don't need to ask anybody else outside of me for that because it's already inherently in me. It's been implanted since I was a young man. Mm -hmm. Even though I chose to go out and do other things, mm -hmm. that was my choice. But I was so glad that I had a good foundation upon which to fall back on. Mm -hmm. And like you just said, everything that I've ever gone through in my life, I believe unequivocally have contributed to me being the person that I am today. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom That's almost the bottom line. I ain't going to tap into there it is, but that's <laughs> the bottom line right there is these different hurdles that we go through life and this journey, no matter how good, no matter how bad, no matter how much they're hurting, if we keep our mind focused and we keep working and building ourselves up, we keep adding on intelligence, wisdom, uh, values, humility. Mm -hmm. We keep building those things up that eventually we're going to get where we were meant to go in life. For sure. To, For have, sure. That, yes. to have that impact on life. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. So, we just wanted to let our, our family know that guess what? You are valuable. You are. You are valuable. <laughs> no matter what you're facing, you are valuable. So we'll be right back with There It Is. 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 Once again, coming back at you, this is Dr. Sullivan. And uh, we just want to uh, thank everyone that tuned in today as we have been dealing with... Um, you know, how to deal with uh, self-defense and how to protect your peace, your sanity, you know, how to keep your joy and realize that this joy that we have, the world didn't give it and we can't allow the world to take it away. But as we get ready to wrap up today, I want to reflect on the book of Acts, Acts chapter 15, uh, verse 36. It says, and after some time, Paul said to Barnabas, come, let us go back and again, visit and help and minister to the brethren in every town where we made known the message of the Lord and see how they are getting along. Verse 37, and now Barnabas wanted to take with them his cousin John called Mark. Now hold on to this, but verse 38, verse 38 and verse 39, but Paul did not think it best to have him along with them, one who had quit on them before and deserted them before and walked away from the work. And verse 39, and there followed a sharp disagreement between them. 
so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him, with him and sailed away to Cyrus. And the list goes on. And Paul, and but Paul selected Silas. And so, but it, to look at the story to realize that Paul let it be known. Listen, man, this guy hurt us before. He left us before. He betrayed us before. You know, and you know, even though we got the same beliefs, you know, our spirits are are, are conflicting right now. And I think it's best that we just go our separate ways. And I think you got to know when it when it's time to protect your sanity. You know, I mean, he's like, I'm not gonna hold no, I'm not gonna not gonna forgive him because this ain't about. I'm not. I can forgive him, but I, I'm not gonna forget what was done. And I'm not going to give him the opportunity to hurt us again and to do that again. Because at our lowest point, when we really needed them, Paul felt like, man, that guy walked away. And I don't care if it's your cousin, <laughs> your friend, your family, who it is. You know what I'm saying? I got to protect me and my household. You understand? I got to protect uh, my, my wealth. I got to protect my, you know, my inheritance. There's too much on the line. And Paul was like, you know what? You take him with you, but I'm going to take Silas and I'm, we're going to go this way. You know what I'm saying? And you got to realize and know when it's time to walk away, everybody can't go with you. And that's all right. You know what I'm saying? That's all right. You, you know, there's some people we dealt with it a few episodes back that come in our lives and uh, for a season, uh, you know what I'm saying? For a moment and for a lifetime. And you got to be able to distinguish between those three. The person that comes in for a moment, you have may, may have had to sit next to somebody on the airport, on the airplane. You know what I'm saying? Y'all talk the whole time on the plane and you'll never see them again. But it was an impacting moment. They left some with you, you left some with them. And then there's some people that come in your life for a season. You know what I'm saying? Y'all may grow together, flourish together, do some seasons. You understand? But then that season comes to an end. You got to realize that because a lot of people become hurt and become bitter and become distraught by people that only were for a season that they try to hold on to watch this for a lifetime. And then you got to realize those who come in for a lifetime, marriage relationship unto death do us apart. That's a lifetime. Honor your mother and your father. That is a lifetime. God said, I'll give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. That is a lifetime. These are lifetime relationships. You got to realize what God, come on, your lifetime relationships, your season relationships, and your moment relationships. And Paul realized in that text, in Acts, that, hey, that guy's season is what? Is over with. And hey, there it is. All right. <laughs> and again, we want to thank our very special guest, Bishop Stephen Evans, for being on the show today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you have any questions for Doc, DJ, or Mike, please go to MikeDJandDoc.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. New episodes released on the 7th and 21st of each month. Matthew 25 and 40, Good News Translation, The King Will Reply. I tell you, whenever you did this for one of the least important of these followers of mine, you did it for me. We leave you with this question. Am I helping at least one person? The Mike DJ and Doc Podcast is brought to you by Silver Cup Investments. Recorded at Audio High Podcasting.